Welcome, everybody, to the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast. I am your host, Chris Schmedeke. And this podcast today is brought to you by Applewood Plumbing, Heating, and Electric. They have been serving Denver residents for 50 years. They are the proud sponsor of the Colorado Avalanche and the proud sponsor of this podcast. And on today's edition, we are going to talk college football as we are approaching the final uh, weekend of the regular season in college football, which is crazy to think. So I am joined by Tyler King. Tyler, where is this season gone? Uh, yeah, it's been it's been pretty crazy. I mean, um, I was up at CU today for some media availability. And um, like when you in the waiting area, like in the ticket office, like outside the outside the entrance of the, the football facilities, they have like highlights kind of constantly playing on one of the, the big wall to wall or ceiling to floor screens. Yeah. And it's like it's like all TCU highlights right now. I'm sure they'll update it a little bit with some more season highlights. But I'm like, wow, that feels like yesterday, but also feels like a long time ago as well, considering how, how the season's gone for CU. But, um, you know, it was a crazy start to the year, and now here we are without a bowl game um, uh, coming up. But, you know, it's the end of the year for, for Coach Prime, so uh, it's been a wild ride. It was kind of crazy. I, I do feel like we were just doing those TCU and Nebraska, like, immediate reaction podcasts because the games were so crazy. Yeah. And when they were sitting at 3-0 and oh, – I mean, you and I were thinking, oh, they're going to win seven games. And, boy, they've won one game since, so it shows what we know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I have, I was saying back then even like six and six, seven and five is where I saw this team, but certainly not um, the four and eight that you and I both predicted before the season. So we're going to look like the, uh, the Nostradamus is here with, but not, not exactly the route we expected them to get to four and eight, but four and eight nonetheless, most uh, likely. Yeah, most likely. Uh, what's this? I'm not going to dwell too much on last Friday. The Buffs just got smacked against Washington State, 56-14. Biggest question I think I want to ask you is Shador Sanders' health. Um, so I'll ask you, do you think he's going to play? And honestly, should he play? Well, those are two different answers. Um, you know, I mean, I asked Dion, or we, we asked Dion about this yesterday at his weekly media availability, and he said that, um, you know, Shador not feeling too great right now, but um, we'll see how the how he progresses through the week. Um, he obviously didn't practice on Tuesday. He hasn't practiced on a Tuesday in a while for CU. Um, he's kind of done some light seven-on-seven seven work on Wednesdays and then kind of ramped it up for Thursday. Um, and then Friday, they usually have a walkthrough. Um, we'll see what that looks like th- this week. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how he progresses. Um, should he play? No. Will he play? Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> Um, I, I know he wants to be out there. I know they want him to be out there, um, whether it's for statistics or just um, to just to show that he's, you know, he's tough, which I think he's done enough of already this year, which is why I wouldn't suggest playing him. But because um, I don't think they're going to win, even if he does play. But, you know, um, they, they think he, I mean, they think he's the best player on the team and, and for good reason. I mean, he kind of he is. But, you know, we'll see if he actually does if he actually does go this week. I think that'll be pretty telling on how they how they really feel about this game well you know he's not he's probably i mean we don't know for sure but he's probably not declaring for the draft i don't i don't think yeah. that's happening i think he's staying so Almost certainly at this point i would i would imagine yeah so i mean i just think there's no use in running him out there i mean if, if maybe if bowl eligibility was still on the table but it's this for sure spot. so i mean i i, I gotta think it's got to be hard for dion the dad to say hey hey son go out there and get killed one more week <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is another, even though Utah is a very banged up team, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit um, in previewing this week's game, they don't have their top uh, sack getter. Who's like got like 12 on the year, Jonah Ellis. He's out for the season now. 
Um, but it's still a very big physical Utah defensive line that should be able to overpower um, the CU offensive line that's been struggling all season long. So um, I wouldn't, even if Shador is able to go out there, I wouldn't expect it to look much different um, than it has in recent weeks. And that alone would make me not want to play him. All right. So let's jump to Utah. Um, Saturday, one o'clock, Pac-12 network. No primetime spot for this one. Uh, but uh, very <laughs> ironic to see it. The this, this season start on with like two straight big noon games and an ESPN game. Um, and now it ends on the Pac-12 network. And CU's last – well, both teams' last game on the Pac-12 network too. So Yeah, they go, yeah. They go, where, where do Big 12 games go to like – they, they, I guess there is a Big 12 network, huh? No, there isn't. Um, there's no Big 12 network. It's just kind of on ESPN or Fox or whatever. Okay. Um, which is kind of nice, but I don't really think there is a – because Texas has their own network. Yeah, that's true. Um, that. they have, there's a Longhorn network, and the SEC has a network. There's a Big 10 network. Um, but I, I don't think there, and there's an ACC network, but I don't think there's a big 12 network. Maybe that'll change at some point, but I wonder if that'll, um, be, that'll be in the future. Yeah. Yeah. It could, it could be if this, if this ends up sticking around, um, the way this landscape is going next year, but we'll see. But anyway, uh, Utah is a 22 point favorite as of now. Um, have the, I don't think the boss have ever won at Salt Lake. Have they? Uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think they have. And I mean, like you said, Utah, even though they're banged up, they're big. They're physical. You're going to get their best. They have one of the best coaches in college football. Yeah. I just don't see this going well for CU. Yeah. I mean, kind of like polar opposite teams and philosophies and cultures. Um, you know, Kyle Whittingham is in his 19th season at, at Utah as a head coach. He's been there longer as an assistant, um, which obviously is just unheard of in this, in this day and age. And obviously Deion Sanders is in his first year in Boulder. So, um, you know, completely opposite areas or where they where the programs are at um utah has had a really good infrastructure for a long time um <clears throat> they made the successful jump up from the mountain west to the pac-12 with cu was when at the same time cu left the big 12 to come to the pac-12 um and now they're going to be leaving the conference together and um their last conference their last game in the pac-12 will be against each other which is a uh, kind of fitting at yeah. this point um you know given the history and this rivalry that they packed off kind of tried to fabricate but never really took off but uh um utah will be back in the conference with the its biggest rival byu next year and see you will we'll, we wrote you and i wrote about this early in the year kind of seeing who the next cu rival will be in the big right. 12 it'll be something will be fascinating to look at but this week i mean um I don't think it'll be as bad as last year i'll say that when it was 42 nothing at halftime oh, in boulder yeah. in one of the more embarrassing efforts I have ever seen by a power five football team. Um, that was just incredibly embarrassing. Um, and I think everybody at that point of the year just wanted to be over with. And the fan base was chanting for Deion Sanders had signs. And even though we weren't completely sure that was going to happen at that point or skeptical that it would happen, it, it has happened. And um, CU has quadrupled its window from last year, but, you know, still hasn't, as we talked about, hasn't gone the way, we expected after this, after the three and start and uh, you know, losing set or oh, I should say losing eight of your last nine games, certainly an in, in, in conference play certainly isn't a good look, but um, you know, they definitely have their eyes on next year and in the big 12 and when they really feel like they have a chance to do something. You know, I, I just, I don't know if this is completely accurate, but I think Utah's won six straight in, in the matchup. That's that I'm not sure if that's a hundred percent updated, but the last time I remember them beating them was the rise season. And that was, 2000 whatever 16 six, 16 yeah 16 so I'm, well i guess that would be right yeah it's six straight yeah that's that would be right but that's the only time i ever remember them even beating utah in the pac-12 I, I may be wrong on that but 
yeah, Utah's just a, I mean, they're stable and the Buffs just haven't been. Yeah, it's really impressive what they've what they've been able to do. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you, you're right. It is a six game losing streak. The the streak the series all time is 32 34 and three CU is in in this streak all time. Um, they, I, I, yeah, the last ten matchups they they're one and nine, and there that the one win was the 2016 game. Um, and that that is the only time I think, or no, they won the first year that That's they were right. both in the Pac-12 in. Uh, 2011 which wasn't Salt Lake City so that is the last time they've they've won there so just two wins in this air in the same conference together which um certainly shows is a pretty accurate representation of where the two programs have been since they entered the conference together um Utah has really come in been successful makes bowl games every year obviously they won't be competing for the conference title this year but they are the two-time defending champions um and you know like i said kyle whittingham has established the perfect culture that he wants there um and now they're going to have cam rising back next season which will be fascinating and i think the one of the more interesting things to watch for this week will be just to see how much utah wants to run up the score or prove their dominance because there's going to be a lot of talk nationally heading into next season the big 12 that colorado's the favorite especially um, when, if, and when they do load up with transfers again, um, at certain specific positions, um, and to build around Shador and Travis Hunter and Shiloh and all the guys they have, they're going to be talked about as one of the favorites in the big 12, but I think Utah is going to be eager to prove that no, we're the real favorites, uh, going into the big 12 next year. Cause it is going to be a new look, an interesting conference to see, um, with obviously with Texas and Oklahoma leaving to see who's going to be the favorite going in, but I think Utah is going to be eager to prove that they're the big dogs coming in from the coming in from the Pac-12, not CU. Yeah, for sure. And so well, let's talk a little future with the bus before we jump to Mountain West and CSU yeah. and all that stuff. What, what was Dion? Dion had some comment. What, what was it like? I don't like what's going on. What, what was his comment about the future? He had some spiel. He said the other day, yes, the other day, like, oh God, I can't remember what it was, but it was something like, you can see what's coming. I don't know. I can't remember. He's been saying that a whole lot. But yeah, his, along his, those lines. his rhetoric the last month or so has been really interesting and has been very much geared toward next season. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, yeah, that is something I've been picking up on a lot. And I'm going to be writing about that for my College Football Insider for Saturday's game day section, the last game day section of the year um, for CU. But um, it's, it's very interesting because – and you could lose a locker room that way. And it doesn't seem like they have yet. Um, but I mean, the, the wash, the Washington state loss was really bad and did not seem like they had the same fight they'd been showing recently, but, um, it doesn't seem like they've totally lost the locker room yet. Um, obviously there's gonna be a lot of guys coming back. Some guys, they are not going to be coming back, but, um, Dion is very much looking ahead to next season because that is kind of what this is all about. I feel like this, his CU tenure, um, that's very clear. We've talked about clear to see who's got eligibility left and what and uh and how much and what they're what they're going for and it, it is kind of all about next season and it feels like at least and going for eight nine wins and competing in the big 12 um because that that's what that's what they're after at this point and that's what the roster suggests you should be doing um but Dion is in the high school recruiting has not been as glamorous and successful as maybe people would have expected when he was hired, they've got like one top 100 kid. They've got like less than 10 high school kids verbally committed right now anyway. 
Um, maybe they get the top tackle left. He's in there in their that got good kids final five or six schools or whatever. Um, maybe they get him, but they don't really seem to be at least fully going after all of the, the high school kids. It seems like it's going to be a big transfer portal off season as they gear up for next season. Yeah. I, it, they have been really quiet on the high school front. You, you're right about that. Like they haven't really said there hasn't been much and maybe that picks up after the season, but you know, so the big 12 champ gets in the playoff automatically next year. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see how he's more focused on that. I mean, that makes sense. Like once, once ball eligibility went away, I think that, I mean, this is about, you know what they do need is a backup quarterback. <laughs> they really do. Yeah. Which in, in the, that's, it's a lot easier to go in the NFL to go out and sign a free agent NFL, yeah. like a backup quarterback. Um, but in college it's, I, I know that they definitely tried before this season to get one, a vet, some kind of veteran to, to back up Shador and not have to rely on, you know, true freshman Ryan Staub. Um who could be an interesting player down the road, but I mean, he's still a true freshman and they just don't have any options behind Shador reliable options. And it's hard to, it's hard to get a college kid to come in and with any semblance of experience to come in and be the backup, because that's what, that's the job you're going to be behind Shador. I mean, it's just hard to do that at this point. Um, That's what Gavin Cooled kind of is the walk on, you know, junior college transfer and he was pretty bad the other night uh, in the, his few snaps against Washington State. But so, so I mean, if Shador isn't able to go this week, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. So the Pac-12, of course, the biggest game in the Pac-12 was Oregon-Oregon State. Um, Oregon, two touchdown favorite at home. And then Washington plays Washington State. Um, but, you know, their quest to stay undefeated. Those are probably the two biggest games in the Pac-12. Yeah, oh, I mean, Arizona-Arizona State as well, because there is still some Pac-12 title implications on the line. Um, obviously Washington is guaranteed this, the top spot in the Pac-12 title game with their big win in Corvallis last weekend. That was really impressive. Oregon State could still play spoiler in, in Eugene against Oregon. If they beat Oregon and Arizona beats Arizona State, then Arizona is actually the second team in the Pac-12 title game. Um, I don't think that'll happen. Like you mentioned, Oregon is a 14-point favorite and has been rolling ever since that Washington game. We've been talking about it. I've been looking, I'm still um, eagerly awaiting a rematch between Washington and Oregon in yep. a Pac-12 title game. And hopefully in likely the, the winner gets in the playoff because they deserve it. Um, that That's just going to be a fascinating game and maybe the best game of the year to date if that does happen next week. So uh, we'll, we'll see if that, we'll see if that does happen. I, I don't really imagine it won't at this point. Um, you know, you got Notre Dame Stanford, which will be interesting considering Notre Dame is a quasi ACC team at this point, And Stanford <laughs> is a future ACC team. Um, you know, it's very, it's very interesting, but, um, we'll see, we'll see what, if Washington can hold off and, and get the, and get there, or I'm sorry, if Oregon can get there to get that rematch against Washington next week. All right. So let's move over to the mountain West. Uh, the Rams get their win last week. They're five and six have a chance to go to a bowl. They have that trip to Hawaii this last week of the season, nice <laughs> 9 PM kickoff here, but you know, they showed some stuff last week. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they jumped out to a pretty good lead. Um, and then there was a pick six on the last play of the half. That was really, really rough. I it was a bad throw by Braden Fowler Nicolosi and then some pretty poor tackling and effort to, to bring the, bring the Nevada defender down, but you know, they held on and pulled away for the win late, which they should have um, against the Nevada team. That's not really good. Although Brennan Lewis, former CU quarterback did play pretty well in that game. I thought as yeah. a runner and a thrower, um, when he had open guys to throw to, he hit him and he was able to take off at times too. 
Um, but then Nevada team just isn't very good. And um, CSU did what it was supposed to, even if it wasn't as pretty as um, maybe it could have been after the, the nice start to the game. But yeah, like you mentioned, they're going to Hawaii this week. They've ad- altered their practice schedule to try and account for the, the time difference and things like that. Like you mentioned, there's a 9 p.m. kickoff there in Honolulu. And the, obviously it's not a tough place to win, but CSU is a five and a half point favorite right now. And uh, Timmy Chang, obviously a really good friend of Jay Norvell. Jay Norvell is kind of his mentor at this point in the coaching ranks. So maybe Hawaii and the Rainbow Warriors will throw Jay and, and uh, the Rams bone and uh, get the get them bowl eligibility because I, I do think they've earned it at this point of the year um, with how they played and some of the, the some of the players they have that are really talented deserve to showcase themselves in a bowl game. And uh, you know, Tory Horton, I'm not sure if he's going to be back next year. Jay's hoping he's got the COVID year. And uh, obviously, before the year, I thought it was kind of a done deal. He'd be going to the NFL, but you know, maybe maybe he does come back. He he was invited to the Senior Bowl this week, so we'll see if he he, he takes that and does end up declaring. But um, yeah, I mean, the Rams, you got to go win a game in a tough in, a tough place to win um, in Hawaii, just with the the travel and everything that goes into it. You have to go win it if you're gonna if you're gonna deserve to be a bowl team. You know, the Mountain West has a chance to have quite a few bowl teams, just looking at the schedule here, because yeah. So the Rams, if the Rams get to six, then you've got Fresno, then you've got Wyoming, UNLV, San Jose State's got six wins, and of course Air Force and Boise. Utah Utah, State is five of six. Yeah. yeah. So I mean there's a Mountain West pretty good. I mean, so let's talk a little quick on Air Force. They go to Boise Friday, uh, two PM. Boise's actually favored by a touchdown. It seems like it's pretty simple if the Air Force wins. They're in the Mountain West title game from our from our colleague Brent. Uh, I think that's yeah. what that makes means. So it'll be a rematch with UNLV in the in the title game if, if the Air Force gets to win. Yeah, and the, I mean, there's a bunch. There's three, five, and two teams: Air Force and Boise in the in the Mountain West. The Air Force and Boise are two of them. UNLV is already locked in. Custom where the Pac-12. UNLV is locked into the the Mountain West title game. Um, and then San Jose State. What a, what a turnaround for them. They're the other five and two team. Um, I think they started the year one in five or one in six, uh, one in five. Yeah. And then now they've rattled off five straight wins um, and some impressive wins at that. Obviously they beat uh, Utah state. They beat the one at Hawaii. They beat Fresno state. They beat San Diego state this past week. And now they're at UNLV this week. So that's a tough one. Um, if UNLV doesn't rest anybody. So, uh, but it, it seems like at this point, the, the winner of the air force Boise state game is going to get into the mountain West title game, which, Considering for Air Force, the three-game losing streak, you have to feel somewhat good at this point of the year that you're still in contention for the Mountain West title game despite the three-game losing streak and you know losing at Hawaii, losing a tough one to UNLV this past weekend. So um, certainly you know a drop-off, a disappointing November for Air Force. But you know you go to Boise and win, it all, it all turns around. Yeah. All right, so the national schedule, a lot, plenty of games with kind of some, you know, implications but of course the biggest game is ohio state michigan yeah i mean it's it they call it the game for a reason reason, yeah yeah it's it's maybe a little arrogant but some years and especially in recent years it's been apt it's been an apt description of it michigan a three-point favorite obviously no jim harbaugh still on the sidelines he's been coaching during the week with this weird big 10 suspension but winner goes to the big 10 championship game and the playoff that's kind of how it works because they're beating iowa (laughs) <laughs> yeah, obviously, or whoever it is. I think there's still a chance for some other teams to get in is there? Uh, okay. to, to win the Big Ten West. But uh, I don't know. The Big Ten West is 
a dumpster fire that will no longer <laughs> exist, thankfully, next season with the insertion of the four Pac-12 teams in, into the conference. Uh, but, it's it's Iowa for sure because they're uh, six and two, and Northwestern's right behind them, but they're four and four, so they can't. Okay, all right. So, so, so it's I mean, Iowa no matter what. <laughs> yeah, and, and Michigan and Ohio State, whoever it is, will beat the brakes off Iowa in, yeah. in the title game. That's for sure. And uh, this probably won't be the year where the, uh, one loss – Ohio State or Michigan gets in the playoff just yeah. because um, obviously that happened last year with Michigan winning the Big Ten. Ohio State one loss still got in and gave Georgia a great a great game in the semifinal last year. But don't think that's going to happen this year with how many one loss or undefeated champions they, there will be. Um, the Florida State thing is interesting at yeah. this point without Jordan Travis him out for the year. That's that's a really big bummer. They've had a great season and I would have loved to see them in, in the playoff if they get there. But now. I probably would put a one-loss Texas Big 12 champ in over a one-loss Ohio State or Michigan, whoever wins or whoever loses the, the game this week. So um, it seems like we might be set at, at terms at this point with Georgia likely getting in, uh, just kind of assuming they went out. The, the Big 10 winner, a Pac-12 winner, and maybe Texas. Um, but if Texas slips up, that will maybe let uh, open the door for a Florida State if they remain undefeated and are able to beat – Louisville with their backup quarterback in the ACC title game. Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask you. Like, if I mean, if Florida State wins the ACC undefeated, they, even with the quarterback, they probably have to put them in, right? Yeah, I mean, they've Florida State's got a tough game this week at Florida. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's a rivalry game. Um, the Seminoles are like a touchdown favorite, I think. Um, yeah. We'll see what they can do with a backup quarterback. If they're able to play well, I mean, we could be looking at a similar, like, Cardell Jones situation from, like, the first ever playoff when Ohio oh, State yeah. – lost both or when they lost both Braxton Miller and JT Barrett in the regular season and Cardell Jones comes in and uh, helps win the playoff for them beating both Alabama and Oregon. So um, we could be in for a similar situation for Florida state if they're able to win out. I mean, if they go undefeated and win the ACC, even though they don't have Jordan Travis, I feel still feel like they deserve to get in, right? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, especially because then they'll have a top 10 win in the ACC title game unless Louisville loses this week. I mean, yeah, there should be. Louisville has been awesome this year for Jeff Brom, who yeah. um, might be the coach of the year nationally. It's either him or Barry Odom, I feel like, at this point. Right? Yeah. UNLV. yeah. Yeah, you know, with Michigan, you know, whatever with the science dealing stuff in Harbaugh, but, man, they played nobody this year. <laughs> like, Absolutely nobody. Rough. They've had two hard games all year. This is going to be one of them at Penn State. Maryland gave them a pretty big scare last week. That was a close game. Um, but like we've talked about, like their, their non-conference schedule is a joke. They have three home games, East Carolina, UNLV, which actually looks like a pretty decent win at this point. Um, and Bowling Green, like that's a joke of a three game of three games in the non-conference East Carolina, Bowling Green are bad. UNLV has turned out to be good, but they've played the rest of the, the big 10 games they played have been awful. Um, so I mean, their toughest game was at Penn state and now they get home against Ohio state. That's, they have two games this season and, and honestly whatever if they win this week they'll get in despite the sign stealing stuff it's this michigan thing is getting a little annoying from yeah. um the national perspective and just kind of the cloud hanging over it but i mean maybe this is this is the year that they get in and finally win a game in the playoff because last last years they've you know been knocked out in the semis georgia will probably won't lose this week to georgia tech but what if they lose no. to in the sec title game it really, it's it's going to be a fascinating question. I then, mean, then that's a cluster. <laughs> yeah, that's the real chaos situation yeah. there. Um, because obviously Bama is still a one-loss team right. and only has the home loss to Texas, which 
I mean, it's probably win the Big loss. Twelve. Yeah, it's a home loss, but it's still to a, a Power Five champion um, who also could get in the playoff. And it was early in the year. They've shown a ton of improvement since then. Jalen Milrow has been awesome at quarterback for them. They beat LSU. Um, they would that would obviously include a win over Georgia, which everyone thinks is the best team in the country. So. I, you know what? I don't want to think about that right now because that is like a, a massive chaos situation is yeah. Alabama winning, but wow, that would be something else. It, 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 in the final year of the 14 playoff, we, we do seem destined for like a really chaotic yeah. arguments all over the place. SEC going at big 12, yeah. big 10. And it just seems like it's going to be a crazy, uh, a crazy week of arguments after the, the conference title games. And then next year it all goes away with a 12 team playoff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right, let's do predictions. Uh, let's go see you, Utah first. I think we're both picking CU to lose, but what do you got for score? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that high scoring of a game. I don't know how interested Kyle Whittingham is, even though I mentioned wanting to show some dominance. I don't know how interested that he's going to be in running up the score. Last season, when they're up 42 nothing here, I think that was just because CU was running out a junior, junior varsity team yeah. at that point of the year. I, don't, I think they were playing third stringers, and they were running all over CU. Um, so I will take Utah. You know, I'm, I don't think he's going to be able to score the much much at all. I'll, I'll take a slight cover, 31-10. Okay. So they'll cover that 22-point spread by one point. I was going to – yeah, I'm going to go 27-10. I don't think Utah does cover. I, I think, like you said, I think Whittingham kind of – there's no bad blood there with Dion or anything. Like, yeah. Dion, call him a legend and all that stuff. Like, I think Utah is a pretty classy program, and I just think that it's – you know, if, it, if it's 27 nothing real quick, I think they kind of – take their foot off the gas and but yeah, yeah I just I see you can't score which is amazing when they scored four what is it 45 in the opener <laughs> yeah 45 42 went over TCU to open the year yeah and now these last couple of weeks have been well they had 31 against Arizona but you know since the bye they've really been you know a shell of themselves offensively all right the CSU go ball go bowling I think so I yeah know. I think you know I, I think that'll be a pretty rough loss if they do lose um at Hawaii obviously you know, Timmy Chang's had a couple of nice wins there for Hawaii this year, but CSU, if you want to be a real program, you got to go win that game and earn bowl, bowl eligibility. If you want to consider yourself an, um, you know, an up and coming team in the Mountain West, you got to go win that game, and I think they do. Yeah, I do too. And then, then uh, you, maybe you'll take a trip to Albuquerque for the New Mexico Bowl. That would be awesome. I'll drive down. <laughs> yeah, I'll drive down to Albuquerque for the New Mexico Bowl, and I'll have a great time. I remember they were in that bowl. They played Washington State in the Mexico Bowl years ago, and it was like one yeah. of the best games I'd ever seen. Like it was a great game. I remember. Um, what about Air Force? Did they get it done with Boise? I don't think so. I just I don't trust this slide. I mean, yeah. um, it it just it just feels like they've kind of lost the season at this point. And uh, you know, they don't have their quarterback obviously. either. Like no yeah, one. Oh, they don't have their quarterback. Their top quarterback, their top running back, or their top wide receiver. I mean, that's what do you? <laughs> I mean, they, they kept it close against UNLV last week. Great at home, but at Boise this week, I just don't see them getting it done. Yeah, I don't either. And it's sad because, you know, that ain't no run. We, we were talking about New Year's six games and yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's all kind of falling apart. And, and I mean, they struggle at Boise. I mean, who doesn't, but I mean, I how mean, about Boise state with a fired, no, with a fired head yeah. coach potentially going to the mountain West title game. If they win this week, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only in Boise, only at Boise. All right, real quick. Let's flip this to who's real quick. Um, uh, CSU men actually have won like an hour ago before we started. Yeah, recruiting big game. game. Yeah, yeah they, they beat Boston College. Uh, CU men lost their first game last night to Florida State, which doesn't look like a great loss because wasn't Florida State like 80th and? Yeah, they are. They're like yeah, 80th. I mean, they're pretty low. It's not. It's not a good loss, but 
Um, it was the second game in less than 24 hours. They had the late game on yeah. Tuesday and then had the early game on Wednesday. So it was like a weird um, short turnaround. And, you know, Florida State has given them problems in the past, obviously, most recently in the tournament a couple of years ago. Their length just kind of bothered CU. They couldn't get anything going offensively. Able to get to overtime despite KJ Simpson, Tristan DeSilva not playing well. But yeah, it's still not, that loss isn't going to look great. But I mean, CSU is still undefeated and they could play Creighton tomorrow. Creighton's playing right now. And if they beat Loyal Chicago, that's a fascinating game tomorrow on Thanksgiving between uh, the Rams and, and the Rams and our buddy, our pal Vinny Benedetto's Creighton team. Which, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, they're obviously a top 10 team, very good this year. And that'll be a big test for the Rams ahead of next week's big game against CU, uh, the in-state rivalry game up in Fort Collins. You know, as I've said on here before, I worked in Boulder for 11 years before I came to Denver Gazette. And there are just these games where Tad Boyle's buffs, they just, their half-court offense is just brutal. And that, that just seemed like that was last yesterday's game, again, where they just couldn't score. Yeah, I mean, their their offense in general had been really, really good to start the year. But um, these last two games, uh, not very good. They were able to overcome it with some really good defense um, in the first game of the tournament down there against Richmond, but not against Florida State yesterday. And uh, now they've got Iona on Sunday at home before, like I said, next week up at Moby Arena in Fort Collins against CSU, which is just going to be an awesome, awesome game. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great game, too, it feels like. Yep. Much better than last year where CU kind of blew them out um, at the event center. Yep. And before we go, got to mention the CU women. We got to mention them every week. They are number three in the country. They're highest yeah. ranking since 94, I believe. 95, I think. 95. Almost, um, almost 30 years, which is just crazy at this point to see how quickly they've gone from number 20 to number three already this season. And they have a little bit of a pretty good, tough stretch here this week. They have, uh, is it Cincinnati tomorrow? And then they have Kentucky and possibly NC State, who's like 10th, I think. I think that's what they have left. Yeah, they could play NC State. That's kind of the big one because NC State, yeah, is, is a top 10 team. Um, I think I think those games are all set. I don't think there's like a winner or whatever, but it's like three – Three games in three days um, in the Virgin Islands, which there's worse places to be this yeah. weekend with the weather we're going to get yeah. in the Virgin Islands. But, you know, three three basketball games in three days is not easy. Yeah, I missed my chance to ask the Gazette if I could go cover that and go spend the weekend in the Virgin Islands. <laughs> I missed out on that. I'll be in Salt Lake City where it'll just be cold. I don't yeah. think it'll be snow, but it'll just be cold. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are you going to, is your flight going to dodge this weather? I don't know when it's supposed to actually start. Ooh, I don't know. I'm supposed to have a Friday morning flight out of here. So we'll see. Uh, if that happens on time or not. All right. But, you know, the, the CU women's program, their rise has been unbelievable. But, man, when the Pac-12 schedule, schedule starts, that's going to be a gauntlet. Because, oh, man. Those... I think there's like four or five teams in the top ten right now in yeah. the Pac-12. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, Tyler, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple and Spotify. You will have full coverage. Uh, you're going to Salt Lake, so you will have full coverage of uh, CU and Utah, you'll have all your preview stuff on Saturday, and then and then you know what's going to be tra- you can have transfer portal stores. <laughs> it'll be it'll be right away probably. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably start hearing the guys. You know, do you think they lose a lot of guys real quick? Uh, I don't think so. I think maybe a dozen, but that's not a crazy not number a in this day and age. You know what I mean? And okay, I was going to ask you this earlier, and I forgot. Now I want to ask you, what has this season been like covering Dion for you as a reporter? Um, I mean, <laughs> interesting to say the least. Yeah. Um, you know, people think the access is great when it's really not. Um, the access on YouTube is great. Yeah. If you're a fan and you want to watch all the YouTube accounts, yeah. the access is great. But if you're a reporter trying to cover the team and get to know the people inside the building, not, not the greatest, not the most open program. 
Yeah. But I mean, I last year I didn't travel to any games, and this year I've traveled to all but one road game, so I'm not going to complain there. And you haven't been bored, that's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to taking a little bit of a break from this circus for a little bit, though. Yeah, yeah. Just, just wait until they all show up at the CUCSU game in Fort Collins. Honestly, that would be fun. That would be yeah, fun. that'd be Obviously. cool. I mean, I wish they would. I mean, I know that Dion goes to some of the women's games, doesn't he? Because his, I mean, his daughter just sits on the bench, unfortunately. But yeah. So, all right, Tyler, uh, make sure to check out all Tyler's stuff on denvergazette.com as well as our coverage of everything else. Uh, we'll probably still check in next week as we maybe we'll find out where, well, no, we won't know where the Rams are going at bowling. We won't know because they have to wait for all the, but we can do a little bit more of a national talk. We can preview yeah. some of the conference games, and everything like that. Again, like I said, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and Tyler, we will talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.